0: I'm changing the host to you. Okay.
1: I have to make sure you're co host so that you could admit people, right? Hold on. That's a problem. We oh, can't make co hosts? <laughs> okay, I think we should just do it without the Mara Okay. And the Mara are there on the side for whoever. Um, so can you make me back the host if that's okay, Josh? Thank you. Um, for anyone who wants the Marah kindness they're right there on the side. And
0: um, again, Rabbi Winter, it's a schos to have you give a share to us, the whole broader community. And it should be a schos for all of Israel, this Yisrael, and the
1: Achdos, which is coming
0: as a result. I mean, okay.
1: Thank you very much. Okay, thank you very much for the opportunity to be able to do this. It's an unbelievable just um, thing how much the St. Louis coal does and how much the uh, they accomplished throughout St. Louis. It's a it's an amazing, amazing operation all around, all the way up from Rebbe Greenblatt, all the way down to all the the and Rebbe Berkowitz. You know, it's uh, it's inspiring how much they accomplished. So it's a nice an opportunity to be able to give over a quick um, thoughts on the Suggya. You know, when the coronavirus started, every we obviously closed down the shuls, and we had a lot of I had a number of people asking me that now that we're not davening Tefilat Seabor, um, should we daven Vasekin? And for years, this thing about Vasekin has been something that's always perked my interest. Exactly what it is. you know, for the people that like the people that like to, uh, you know, make trouble for lack of a better word, they say yeah, it's better than davening in Shul. And as a rabbi, I always took a little offense to that. So <laughs> I always was a little interested in exactly what is the idea of Vasekin. And for sure, now that we don't have Shul. Um, seems like something that something should, people should try to do. I guess if they can. I didn't put on the mar but if you just look at the words of the mechaber in Hilchas Kriyas the mechaber says that if a person can daven basikin, schara murubam maod, you have a, it's a lot of schar, and it's uh, and Mishabur brings down that it's mutdafayir ben olam haba, and it seems like there's a, a great deal of benefit to davening basikin. But what exactly is basikin, and how do you do it correctly? And, you know, what exactly is the, is the maila Vasekin? It's something that I was interested in. And I started doing a little research. I realized it's like a lot of things in halacha. It's much more complicated than it looks. Um, and I was fortunate enough to, I am fortunate enough to still be learning in the morning kollel, in the kollel kol here in Chesterfield. And it happens to be during the virus, we switched, we switched from Hilchas to Filsa Hashachar, And the first thing we did was the halacha, was the mission about Vasekin. So the um, so I decided I thought I would share with you some thoughts. Um, if anybody has any, I still am in the early stages of figuring out exactly how to put together this sugya. so if anybody has any um, ideas, I definitely would like to hear people's you know, uh, thoughts, maybe after, after the share, because we're a little short on time. So definitely, uh, I want to hear what people have to say. So if you look at the first Marmakam, Marmakam 1, um, just a little background. There are three Zmanim that people need to know. First man is Amura um, HaShachar, Alos HaShachar. So Alosa Shakar is when the sun just begins to, you just begin to see a little bit of the light coming up through the day. That's Alos shachar. okay? You know, if you go outside and you see a little bit of light coming up over the horizon, I guess, that would be considered alosa shakar. It's roughly 72 minutes before what we call Netachama, which is sunrise. Sunrise, the sprouting of the sun, literally, is the right when you actually can see the, the circle, the sphere coming up over the horizon. So Amur Hashakar is first the light, 72 minutes later about is the halacha of actually sunrise. Sunrise, you could just go on NASA website and you figure out what time sunrise is. Amur Hashakar is a little bit more complicated exactly when it starts. And then right in the, in the middle of it is something called Misha Mishayakir. Mishayakir is when you can recognize the difference between a friend a semi, you know, acquaintance, that's somebody that you know a little bit. When you could recognize him from a distance of four hours away, that's called mishiyakir. Mishiyakir is roughly, you know, in between, maybe 40 minutes before sunrise. And we know that the Allah is that mishiyakir is when a person has their obligation to, first of all, put on the fill in, and also to say kriya according to most opinions, which we're gonna see a little later. But we have to have those three times clear. There's a Shachar. there's mishiyakir right in the middle, and then there's Netzachav. So the, the the Mishnah in Brachos Daf of the first Mar says Tviyos is Ad ha-chatsos. A person is able to daven Shachris until Chatzos. Chatzos is midday. Rabbi Yehuda Amar Adal chaos Rabbi Huda says until four hours into the day. So even though the mitzvah of davening Shachris starts much earlier, but it extends until either Chatzos according to Rabbi Yehuda. Or, according to, or four hours into the day, according to Rebbe Yehuda. Two different zmanim, when you're allowed to daven shacharis until, okay, a little later in the day. If You skip down to the Gemara. The Gemara asks a question on this. Very difficult question to read in the Gemara Hushab shot. The Gemara says, I don't like that. You could daven shacharis all the way up until chatzos, or until four hours. Let's just let's skip. Let's just keep four hours for now. You could daven shacharis until four hours into the day. vermino there's a stira. Something doesn't make sense. The Gemara brings down a brisa that says that the mitzvah of davening shema, according to Rashi, is im ha'netzah You're supposed to daven shema with ne'zah ha'ma. we defined as sunrise. K'deish ha'yismoch In order that you can Davin Guula le'zfilah. You can keep the Allah the brach of Ga'ali Israel and the beginning of Shmona Esrei right next to each other. So in order to be able to do that, you have to Davin kri'ashma right before sunrise in order that you can Davin Tzvila right after sunrise. The nimsa mispal bayom. And then it comes out that you're Davining at the proper time during the day. Kitanya, another b'risa, ha'ilav asikin. So that's, that's, that's the question. So the question of the Gemara is, so look, we see that there are people that daven basikin. You know, everybody knows basikin minion, basikin minion. There are people that daven basikin. What does the davening basikin mean? They daven kriyashma a little bit before sunrise, and they start Tfilah right after sunrise. And for some reason, the gemara feels that that is flying in the face of what we just said before in the mishnah. Now, doesn't seem to necessarily be a stira right off the bat. What exactly is the gemara bothered by? Maybe there's some sort of benefit to davening at, at sunrise, doesn't mean that you can't daven later. But for whatever reason, the Gemara feels, if you look at the, at the Igris Moshe, he actually, he explains how to read the Gemara. He says, whatever reason, the Gemara feels that when they saw this, when they saw this brysa, that people, that there was this practice, that people were davening Kriya Shema right before sunrise and davening Tefila right after sunrise, they felt that that means you have to daven Shemona Esrei right after sunrise. They thought that was the end time. You can't daven later. So the Gemara said, ah, oh, it's a stira. it's a contradiction. First, the Mishnah said, you're able to daven until chatzos, or until four hours. And now we see these, these people, there's a, there's a brisa that's saying that people, they daven in Shema right before sunrise in order that they can daven Shmon Esra right after sunrise. And no later. If you don't do that, you miss the Zman. So asks the Gemara, how could you be able to tell us with a straight face that a person is allowed to daven all the way until Chatzos, If it seems like there's a first price that says, if you don't daven right by sunrise, if you don't daven Shmona Esrei right by sunrise, you don't get your Mitzvah. And the answer, the Gemara answer, says no. You have that all wrong. That's just for the Vasikin. The Vasikin people, these you know, these people that are very into davening correctly, they do that. But of course, everybody agrees that if you want, you could daven later. Okay. Um, Ramosha points out from this Gemara. If you look through the Rambosha, he points out from this Gemara is what you see from here is that even though we don't poskin like the vasikin, and you really could daven later, but if a person wants to daven vasikin, what do you have to do? You have to daven Shmona Esrei at a very, very specific time, because he proves he says that the Gemara felt that you can have a that there's a thought, there's a havamina that, the, that the, the Shmona Esrei, the, the obligation to daven chakras, Shmona Esrei ends right after, or a few minutes after sunrise, you see that what you're trying to accomplish is a very, very small window of time, that you have to daven Shmona Esrei right exactly by Neitzah Hama, and if you go a little overboard or a little before, you miss it. So Ramosha basically says over there, it's almost an impossible thing to do, for sure, for us, we're not so exact with timing, and maybe our kavanahs are not so great, and it's a very difficult thing to do. So if, even if you want to try to do this next level type of chiv of davening shmon esrei right by right by the right by when the sun begins to rise, you have a very very small window. And that's the way seems to be the way that the Gemara is gripping this myla, this benefit of davening vasikin. The Gemara felt that if you daven vasikin, um, it must be that they felt that's the only time you're able to daven. They answered, no, that's just for these people that like to do the next level type of davening. But if you want to do that, it has to be a very, very limited amount of time. Otherwise, the Gemara wouldn't have ever had a question. If you had a whole long time to be able to do Vasikin, all the way up to uh, Hatso, there would have been no kash from the Gemara. So Ramosha points out from here is you see that these people that want to do Vasikin, they have to do it right by, right, by, um, right after sunrise. Okay? And this is the way that I always thought Vasikin worked. I always assumed that there's some sort of benefit of the Shmona Esrei being right after sunrise. And that's the way Ramosha is learning the Gemara. And that's the way that he's learning the Vasikin is that there's some sort of benefit. What exactly is this benefit of Dominic Shimon Esrei right by sunrise? Like, where did the Basikin get this from? Why do they think that that's the best time, the mitzvah minam mutfar time to Davinik Esray? Esrei? It's not so clear from this Gemara. You know, it, the only thing that maybe you would say is you could look at Rashi, although I want to pick up on Rashi in a minute. minute. Rashi says, L'abasikin ha'maktimin l'mitzvos. It's the people that are makdim in mitzvah. So we know the famous things, reason makdim in la So it could be, and people definitely learn like this, that the basikin, the reason why they're davening Shmona Esrei right after sunrise is because, listen, if sunrise is the first time that you're able to start davening Shmona Esrei, to daven shacharis, they want to do it as early as possible, it's reason makdim in mitzvah, so for that reason, they daven in shema, they daven brachos, they daven everything before sunrise in order that they could get the shemon esrei right after sunrise because they wanted to daven shemon esrei at the earliest possible time. And that definitely is the way that uh, many people learn this great benefit of davening basik. And it's really just as reason makdim and lemitzvotin um, in order to daven shemon esrei at the earliest time. And that's why they did this. That's why they woke up early. That's why they made sure to daven in shema right before sunrise. They want to daven Shmona Esrei right after, or they could do smicha glula to tefillah, connect ke'ula to tefillah, put them together, and then you have the benefit of davening Shmona Esrei right after sunrise. Okay, that's definitely a way to learn the Gemara. That seems to be the way the rush Paskins is that the, the benefit of a seekin is a Shmona Esrei, Shmona Esrei dictin. It's something that's, that's tied into the best time to daven your shachris, and that seems to be a very limited time after sunrise, maybe perhaps right as sunrise comes up, in order that you could maybe do it at the earliest possible time. Okay, that's the way that many people learn this Gemara, and um, that's one definitely one shot in here on how to how to understand what they're doing basikin. Now, I, I, if you first of all, I put down um, a number two. I put down the Rashi, and under it, the Rashi midape arif, and it's the Rashi on the back, which I actually have a few proofs. That's not really Rashi, but Rashi says Vasikin is something else. He says, Amik dover bizmano, It's a mitzvah to be mocked him before Netzakama. Before Netzakama. So if you're I don't know what he would mean, what's before Netzakama? We we say that Shmonesray is happening after Netzakama. Definitely we paskin that the best time to dive in is when it's fully day, after sunrise. So why would he what are you being mocked what are you why are you being mocked him? What are you being mocked in before Netzakama? You know, it's a little interesting what he means over there. Um, and the truth is, if you look at our Rashi as well, I don't think exactly he's saying makdim and he seems like he's talking about two different things. If you look at Rashi carefully, he says, L'basikin. what is the vasikin? They're makdim in That part I'll give you. It sounds like he's saying makdim and la Lasos daber Bismano. And they also like to do things bismano. To me, it sounds like he's saying two different things. Umitzvot so makdim and and then they, are, they do the mitzvah correctly by being makdim achar a little different Kershah from the, the Rift. They do the Shemona Esrei right after neitzachamah. That's when they begin to daven. Rashi seems like he's talking about two different things. So it's a little bothering me exactly what, what are these two things. They're, they're makdim and the mitzvahs. So they do things quickly, early as possible. And they also try to do things in the right zman. Um, it seems like two separate things. Okay. I don't know if uh, maybe we could have a shot in that exactly what those two things are. Something also that's a little interesting also about this Gemara, if the whole thing was just reason, makdim, and lamitzvos, why did the Gemara ever actually think that the time ended after Netachama? You know, as far as I know about reason, makdim, and lamitzvos, it's a, it's a nice thing to do, to do the Shimon Esrei at the earliest possible time. It's a little funny why the Gemara would have ever thought that, uh, that because there's, they see that people are davening at the earliest possible time, oh, it must be that you can't daven later. I Avamin mean, is a little, a, little, a little, something a little bit not understandable about that. I don't know if I'll ever have a good answer to that if that's the shot in what Vasikin is. If the whole shot in davening Shimon Esrei right by sunrise is just because of Jizimachim and Lamitzvos, seems a little funny exactly what the Gemara's Havnina was. But just to recap, definitely one shot in what Vasikin is is that you daven Kriya Shimon right before sunrise in order to Davin Shimon Esrei right after sunrise because there's a benefit to in Shachris right as the sun is coming up over the horizon. And in order to get that, you have to be you know, very exact, says Ramosha, and you have to do it in a way that you're davening Shmos, Shmon Esrei right as the sun is coming up, and you're getting this, this benefit of calling the Sikin, of the, the davening at Nitzhakama, probably perhaps because that's the earliest time to daven, and it's a big tz'chus to daven right at the earliest time you can, and that's the way that they would read the Gemara. Okay, not so bad. The problem is, is if you not a problem, but if you look at the Gemara in Dav at Beis, there's something else begins to emerge about the whole of a and sugya. The Gemara, the Mishnah says, in, in Marmaka number five. Says, When are you able to read Shema? The Shachris. So he says, Lavan, from when you know the difference between white and green. Rabbi Elezer Omer Omar the he says uh, a few different colors, uh, a blue and a little bit, you know, uh, uh, a little bit of a different color, blue and a green, something a little closer to blue. First, Mondamer is blue and white. The second one is blue and green, a little more, a little, little, um, little harder to uh, differentiate between those colors. Ad ha And Rabbi Elezer says, the halacha is, you have to daven, daven kriyashma before neitzahama. Rabbi Lezar holds that your time to daven kriyashma is from Mishayakir, from the time that you can tell the difference between blue and green, until netachama After netachama Hama, Rabbi Elezer holds, you can't dab in Shema anymore. That's his man of when you're able to dab in Shema. Rabbi Yeshua says, Baruch Hashem for us, we don't, we don't pasken like that. Rabbi, Rabbi Yeshua says, no, you can dab in Shema even after sunrise all the way until three hours. Why? It's because that's the Derach malachim, l'amod b'shalo shahos, because we know that the zman of Kriyashma is dependent on when people wake up, and even though most people wake up, at least in the times of the Gemara, now it's probably changed a little bit, but most people in the times of the Gemara woke up by sunrise. But since there are the, you know, the, the late risers, the wealthy, that they don't need to wake up so early, they're not in a rush to anything, the, the Bnei Malachim, the princes, they woke up all the way until four hours into the day, until three hours into the day, that's still considered a time of ufku when you're waking up. So he paskin that you're able to dab in um Shema all the way up until three hours. Okay. You skip down, I didn't underline it, but I should have. In the Gemara. The Gemara says, Tanya, um, um Huna. It's about it's about one, two, three, four, five lines up from that little uh clip that I printed out. Amaravhuna, halakha kachairim, um Amarabaye, Rabaye says, let's fill in kaherim, the He says, for in your zman is that you can put it on by Mishayakir. That's the sheet of the harem. But by kriya shema, the zman is kvasikin. You have to domin kriya shema kvasikin. Dham rabi basikin. We're very familiar with this, with this braisa. Dham rabi Yochanan basikin ha'yegom nosa iman neitzah hama. Tanen amihachi. Basikin ha'yegom nosa iman neitzah hama. Kadei she yismakul is venitzvam spal bayom. And comes in, comes in, and then they bring a pasuk for it. Where do I know that people are Supposed to daven Kriyashma right by sunrise because it's the pasuk says Yerucha Mashemel that you daven with the when uh, you know with the fear of the sun. You, there's going to that's when they're going to bring the, the fear of, of heaven and that's what Kriyashma is. So they actually bring a pasuk for it as well that you're that you're supposed to daven Kriyashma right by Neitz Okay, this is the sheet of Abaye. Abaye holds that the Zman of Kriyashma is Kvasikin the way the Kvasikin daven Kriyashma. What did the Kvasikin do? What were these Vasikin? Why did they daven Kriyashma so early? So if you look at the Rabbeinu Yona, it's on the next page. It's Marmokko number uh, six. I'm not going to read it inside just for the time. But the Rabbeinu Yonah holds that out of deference, out of the opinion of Rabbi Elezer, that holds that the opinion that Kriyashma ends by sunrise. We passkin that Kriashma starts by Mishayakir all the way until three hours. But we did see that there's that opinion that Kriyashma ends at sunrise. So Rabeni Yona holds that what the Basikin realized is they wanted to make sure that they were getting Kriyashma, which is a dearisa, at the best possible time. And they held that there's a possibility that the mitzvah of Kriashma ends by sunrise, which would be very unfortunate for us because we'd all have to wake up very early to say Kriyashma. And therefore, what they did was is they davened Kriyashma during that window, from the window of Yaker until sunrise. Now, why do they wait till right before sunrise? Technically, in order to get that benefit, they could have davened anywhere in between that 15, 20, 30, 40 minutes. But they wanted to wait to do it right up to Neitzahama because they know that you're not supposed to davened Esray Esprey before sunrise because you're not allowed to daven Shmon Esrei before sunrise, unless you're in a Shasar Chak situation, because Shmon Esrei is supposed to be at, at, at a bona fide considered day, when it's really considered day, and you can't really call it day until the sun comes up. So that's why they delayed Kriya Shema to the last possible moment, but what, and therefore, in order that they could daven Shmon Esrei right after Kriya Shema. But really, according to the Rebbeinu Yonah, the reason why you daven Vasikin is nothing to do with Shmon Esrei. The says, Shemona Esrei, you could daven all the way until Chatzos, or until four hours. The reason why there's this practice to wake up early, daven Kriyashma, like we do on Shavuos, right before sunrise and start Shemona Esray right after sunrise, is because they were concerned about the opinion that you can't daven in Shema, that Kriyashma has an end time after sunrise. After sunrise, you're not Yotze anymore. So that's why they woke up early to daven at this, this practice of doing Shema before before sunrise and Shimon Esrei right afterwards. It was really just to be Makayim, the best din of Kriyashma. Nothing to do with Shimon Esrei. In fact, the Rebbeinu Yonah says if it was just for the Allah of Shimon Esrei, davening chakras, you could do that later in the day. You could do it all the way up until four hours. But then you get yourself into a problem. You can't daven in Kriyashma at the proper time. That's the sheet of the Rebbeinu Yonah. I didn't put Tosas on here. That seems to be the sheet of Tosas as well that the, the practice of the basikin was, and it seems to be that Abaye is posturing like that, and it seems to be that's the way we should posturing, is that the Allah is, we want Adama Shmona, Shmona Esrei right before Neitzah and the best way to do it is do it right before Neitzah in order that you can attach Shmona Esrei into tsvila. That's the, the shita of the Rabbeinu Yonah. Happens to be, if you look at the Rambam, you know, every, nobody, uh, I don't know if people know this as well. It's actually on, it's Marmakum number nine. It's on the third page. The Rambam, although I admittedly, part of what I would love to answer one day is exactly how to read this Rambam, because the Rambam is definitely saying something interesting. But the Rambam says in his thing, he says, He says in Yer Aleph, a person that's Iher, he delays his Kriyashma after Netzach, after Netzach after Hama, he was Yotze. He was Yotze. Sounds like Bidiyev. And if you look at the Rabbeinu Manoach, he says, Kalomar, Shalowhid Osman, Elamisha Avaru Pasha, Tsara Kol Yere Elohim. Anybody that's Yere Elochim, Likros Kodem Nitzahama. The Rambam seems to be paskening, like this Rabbeinu Yona, that, that the that that like a bay, like Rabbi Aleza really, that Kriyashma ends at sunrise. And therefore any Yere Shemayim should make sure to read Kriyashma before. Before sunrise, in order to be able to do the mitzvah at the proper time, in its proper time. If you look at Rabbi Kibi Eger, he gives two possible reasons for that. He says, because the, the second underline, he says, Atam de Ikersman Kima Larova Olam Raka Anaits. Because if we read the Pasuk, the Shachat Kumecha, when you get up, the Ikersman Kima, most people are getting up before before sunrise. After sunrise, people are not really getting up anymore. And since most people are getting up by sunrise, that's the that's the proper time to say Kriyashma, and the Rambam seems to say that it's very biddieved to daven Kriyashma after sunrise. You really should try to do it before. Okay, this seems to be the uh, this is this seems to be the and exactly what the Vasikan were doing. What's my question now? And really, what I have a few few thoughts. First of all, Ramosha said that in order to get the benefit of a seekin, it has to be very very exact. You have to daven Shmon Esrei right by sunrise. If this is the of Vasikin, it really has nothing to do with Davin Ikshmon right by sunrise, you could get this big benefit of Asikan, which is Khara Merubah Ma'od. You could do it anytime, but just make sure you Davin Kriyashma before sunrise. Then you get that big Milo. It's not such an exact time anymore. And the truth is, I was always interested. If you look at the Mechaber, our Shulchan Aruch, it only brings down the din of Vasikin by Hilches Kriyashma, not by Hilches Tevila. Seemingly, maybe going with this Rabbeinu Yonah as well, that's, although it doesn't seem like that because it's not the way he says it with his manim, but it seems like he would say that the, the benefit of Davin vasikin, is not a Shmona Esri dictin, it's a Kriyashma din to get it before sunrise. Um, now, it, bothered, it was bothering me, it still is bothering me uh, uh, a, l- a little bit that if I knew this Gemara in the base, that the vasikin Davin Kriya and I paskin like Rabbeinu Yonah, that the vasikin Davin Kriyashma before sunrise in order to daven in Kriyashma at the right time, what did they get all worried about when they when they when they saw that Hilchistfila goes until Chatzos? Why did that get them all you know upset, get them all flustered? I I, I know, I knew, I learned in Daf and Bayes that the Vasikan people they daven in before before sunrise. They delayed it okay to do it right before sunrise. But if I saw a Mishnah that said you have to daven in Shachris until four hours. And then I saw that there was a practice that people were dabbing Shimon Esrei right after sunrise. What would I have thought? What would I have thought? What would you have thought? I'll tell you what I would have thought. I would have definitely would not have thought. Oh, I see from there Shmon Esrei ends at sunrise. No, I would have said, I know why they're doing that. They're doing that because they want to say Kriya at the right time. They want to do Kriya Shema before, before Neitachama. You want to do Kriya before sunrise. That's why they were getting up early. Not because they thought that the Shmon Esrei ended at a certain time. I don't know why the Gemara would have ever thought that that was trying to cap a time of Shemon Esrei. If anything, it's capping a time of Kriyashma. That I could hear. But don't start getting, it doesn't, doesn't seem to fly in the face of what the Mishnah was talking about. It seems like maybe the Ritzvah perhaps could answer that question. Maybe the Gemara thought it was talking about Spila, and that's really what the answer is. The answer of the Gemara is no, that's just the Seekin, that's just the Kriyashma people. For whatever reason, they thought it was talking about Shemon Esrei, but the answer was no, it's just for Kriyashma. But then again, for Moshe, um, uh, there would be no real um, hak you know, We wouldn't have to be so particular to in right at the exact Zaman, to start Shimon Esrei, right by, by sunset, by sunrise. It wouldn't really be neat to do that, because that's nothing to do with the Basikin. The Basikin is the Kriya Din. Okay, I'm running a little bit out of time, but I, I, I just want to recap, and then maybe just leave off with a question. Um, and I'm gonna, not even going to get to be able to say the answer, but okay. But I, let's just recap of what we're coming out here. There's two, there's two pshatim, and why people would daven Vasekin. Why would somebody wake up daven Kriyashma before before sunrise and Davin Shmona Esrei right after sunrise? There seems to be a machlokas Rishonim. What are you trying to accomplish? What is this benefit of davening Vasekin? According to the Rosh, the Tor, um, Ramoshev, Shorli, the reason why you're waking up early is in order to Davin Shmona Esrei right by sunrise. That's pshat number one. There's there's a maila of Dominic shmon Esrei right as the sun is coming up. Maybe it's reason makdim mitzvah. Maybe the marshal perhaps has a different reason because people used to serve the sun. So since right when the sun comes up, you want to show that you're you're serving Hashem. Okay, that would be one shot. It's a Shmona Esrei halacha. The halacha is the Dominic Shmona Esrei right after sunrise. That would be one shot. There's a whole nother shot in in Vasik and what you're trying to do that the way that they're learning the Gemara, which seems to be coming out of the Rabbeinu Yonah and Daktas and, and Tosfos, is that the reason why you're waking up early to Davin Kriya Shema before sunrise and Davin Shmon Esrei after sunrise is because you just want to do Kriya Shema Bismana. You want to do Kriyashma at the best possible time, <clears throat> which according to the Vasikan ends by sunrise. So since you want to be the Makayim, you want to fulfill that opinion, you want to make sure you're davening Kriya Shema before sunrise. And the only way to do that is davening kriya a little before and then davening shmona esrei afterwards. Not because shmona esrei has to be there because of shmona esrei itself, just because you want to do kriya shema and together. But the real benefit of davening basikin is a Kriyashma din. It's a halacha of Kriyashma to get kriya in the right place. That would be the two potential ways of learning the maila of um, what you're doing when we daven the sikin. There actually are two more. There's Rabbeinu Hananal and there's the of Tam, which we're not going to get into today. But I just want to just bring out perhaps I think there might be a third shot, which seems to be pretty clear in the rift. The riff says, the Rif says, he says that the Allah is that a person should try to do this practice of doing the seeking. But he says that Lamaisa, it's Marmaq number eight. He says, Lamaisa, since it's very difficult to do that, better not to do that. He says, Either rather should just dive in. You should just dive in um, a little bit before Neitah Ham and Shemona Esrei later. That's what the riff says. It says it's very difficult to have Kriyashma right before and Shemona Esrei right after. If you look at the Rabbeinu Yona, the Rabbeinu Yona, and the truth is, there's a, it's actually very hard to read Rabbeinu Yona, and Rikivagar has a question on it. But the Rabbeinu Yona says, he says if a person tries to explain the Rabbeinu Yona, because it sounds like he's saying that he doesn't hold up the Vasikin, and then he kind of says that you can still do the Vasikin like a little bit. The Rebbeinu Yona says, he says that really, if a person tried to daven with with their Kriyat right before sunrise, and the Shmoneh Esri right afterwards, he's very nervous. The Rebbeinu Yona that perhaps what's going to happen is your going to sun is going to rise before you finish Kriyashma. If you try to do it exact, he's nervous that your sun is the sun's going to rise too early. You're going to miscalculate, and according to Rebbeinu Yona, then you miss this man Kriyat so he's very nervous that people are going to do that. If you're going to try to get it exactly, he's nervous that you're going to say kriishma too late. The sun is going to rise too early. So it says the Rebbeinu Yonah that what the riff wants you to do is he wants you to dawn Kriyashma before natahama, before sunrise, and then delay a little bit. You know, take your time. You know, say the next few paragraphs of Krishma, say um hashkivenu, msbiatziv, say the brach of galisrael with a lot of Kavana. Make sure the sun rises in between that time of Krishma. And you know, while you're saying the rest of the brachos of Kriyashma, and then Dhammashmanesray a little later. And by the fact that you're not being so exact, we're not nervous that inadvertently the sun is gonna to rise too early and you're gonna miss this amount of Kriyashma, which fits very nicely according to the Yonashita, that the whole reason why you're doing Vasikan is for Kriyashma, not because of Shmanesray. So he's nervous. If you try to get exact, the sun rises too early, you're gonna miss out the whole thing. So just make sure you do Kriyashma before sunrise, delay a little bit. And then you'll do Shemon Esrei a little bit after sunrise. It doesn't need to be so exact. What bothered me is that why is that not Lecharchilah according to the Rabenu Yonah? Why is that not Lecharchilah? According to the Rabbeinu Yonah, if the whole mailah of davening Vasikin is just to get Shema before sunrise, why is that not Lecharchilah? Why is that not really what the Vasikin were doing? The Vasikin wanted to accomplish Kriya Shema before sunrise. So good. I would say daven Kriya Shema early, you know, 15 minutes before sunrise. Delay a little bit, Shimon Esrei a little later, a little after sunrise. But the, the, the meat and potatoes of Vasikin you got, according to the Rebbeinu Yonah, there's no milah of Shimon Esrei at Vasikin. That's not what he was, that's That's why they were doing it. The whole thing was just to and Shimon Esrei before sunrise. That you could do even if you delay a little bit. But exactly was why is that not considered actually what the Vasikin were doing? Something that I, I I'm not sure about. Why why what what is the Rebbei Yona grappling with? Sounds like what he's bothered by is that he's, he sees that maybe there's two different things going on. And I, I think perhaps, perhaps, that the Rabbin Yonah is opening a world for us and what you see from the Basikin. is because it's true. The main thrust of why the Basikin daven before sunrise was before Kriyashma, is to get Kriyashma before sunrise. That's why they daven Shema. It was not because of Shemon Esra. But if it was nothing else going on over here, then they would have actually done like that. They would have davened Kriya Shema before, davened a little later, davened Shmona Esri a little later, and then you got the Mila. Perhaps what the brain Yonah sees is, by the fact that the Vasikan people also made sure to do Shmona Esri at the earliest time, there's two things going on. There's two Milas. There's also some sort of benefit of having Shmona Esri right after the sunrise. Otherwise, you could have delayed it to later, davened Shmon Esri 20 minutes after sunrise. But the fact that the, the, these Vasikan people were so exact Maybe what you see is that there's two things going on at the same time. There's the Kriyashma before sunrise benefit, and there's also a benefit of having of having the Shmon Esra afterwards. And it's not so-so each other. They could both come in. They could both come in at the same time. And then, if you look at the the Rashi Yosef, I think he was asking the, this question. He didn't understand. If you learned that Kriyashma was before, then why would you daven want to daven Shmon Esra right at sunrise? There's no there's no reason to do it. But perhaps the Rav Yonah is is learning out that there's really two simultaneous things that you're trying to accomplish, and then if you look at if you look at Rashi back at original Rashi, it actually seems to be what he was saying. The Rashi says, what's the seeking trying to do? They were mitzvahs, lemitzvos, umachserin lasos davar bismano. Two things. They were zrizim la lemitzvos, and they wanted to do the mitzvah bismano. What mitzvah bismano? What mitzvah bismano? Kriyashma. Rashi was saying that there's a mile of doing kriyashma bismano in that window of Mishayakeh until sunrise. So that's what the Vasikian people were doing. They love to do two things correctly. First of all, they wanted to do Krishma bismano. What's bismano? Bismano is at the best probable time between Mishayakeh and sunrise. That's what bismano is. And also, they're also makdim in the And they also make sure to daven at the earliest possible time. There are two things going on. And now you could really answer the Gemara. You don't have to get into any doche pshatim and why the Gemara, even though I knew that there was a mailah of kriyashma before sunrise, but by the fact that being so exact, the Gemara also thought that there must be some sort of mailah of Shmon Esrei right after sunrise. Now you can explain the Gemara according to both understandings. It happens to be, I thought that this was um, a very, okay, I'm finishing up. I thought this was a very unique thing to say, but I realized that this is actually, I think this is actually what the Shulchan Aruch Arav says. The Shulchan Aruch Arav says, it says there's a mitzvah, to Davin Shmon uh, Esray right by Netzachama. And then he says, Vyesh Omrim, Shagam It's also because of Chobos Kriyashma. And it seems like the Shulchan Harav is actually learning that there's two simultaneous things that you're trying to dab in. Okay. I have am running out of time. I'm out of time. So I'm just gonna hold it over here. But it happens to me, I just saw an interesting thing that the Deershu Mishabur brings down. It says, What say a person wants to dab in out of a Sikh and minion? There's a there's a minion in town that 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 um, that they 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 they've advertised that they daven Basikan and you're davening with them, and you daven Shema, and You realize that they're going to daven shmon esrei way after sunrise. So what should you do? Should you daven shmon esrei with them after sunrise, or should you in earlier? Should you daven earlier without the minyan? So so that so they bring down that it says it depends. If you hold that the ma'ila was Kriyashma, so then you already did the ma'ila. You David creation before sunrise, you might as well David Shmonesre with them. But if you hold that the Maila is Shmonesre, like the other Sheitas, then it's it's Gedai to Davin to, to, to leave the minion and Davin before before them. It would depend on how you're learning the Maila of us Okay, Rabosai. Um, I just thank everybody for listening. Happens to be I, I saw an interesting thing that when 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 Hashem came to Moshe Rabbeinu and, and, and said that he was gonna build a Mishkan, and he said that the Mishkan is going to bring down the Kedusha to Klaal Yisrael. Moshe Rabbeinu couldn't understand it. And the Medrash says that he didn't even think that all Klaal Yisrael could do it. And Hashem said back to Moshe Rabbeinu, he said, you're underestimating the individual. Even one person in Klaal Yisrael, if they do things correctly, they could bring the Shekhinah into this world. Moshe Rabbeinu thought it had to be all 600,000, all, uh, all, know, all 3 million Jews. To, they couldn't bring down the Shekhinah. Hashem told Moshe Rabenu, even one person alone in his own room, in his own bedroom, in his own, in his own house, davening, that person alone could bring the shekhinah into Kali Yisrael. It's interesting, just uh, uh, you know, we're alone. And the, the topic of the year was counting alone, counting to, to alone, growing together. I was thinking we could realize how much you can accomplish alone. One person alone could bring the shekhinah into their life, into their house, into their home, as if the mishkan. Moshe Rabenu didn't fully understand it, but Hashem told him, one Jew does monastery learns Torah, opens up a Gemara, brings that mount the into Kal Israel. So with that, uh, thank you all thank for joining us, and we'll turn it over to Rabbi Tenler.
0: Thank you so much, Rabbi, Winter. Rabbi, Tenler, are you there? I'm here. You can hear me? Yes, there you are. Okay. You got me? Yes. All right, beautiful. Good morning, everybody. I logged on to this, and I see there's a... First of all, I am petrified. I see right under my own face... My cousin, Mordechai Bluth, I don't know how you got on here, but that's, uh, it's beautiful to see you from my mother's side. Uh, Gewaldek, unbelievable. Um, you just made my year. Uh, so very good to see you, Mordechai, and uh, I just want to begin by uh, giving a thank you to my Berkowitz for inviting me and giving me this honor to share some words um, as we lead up to Shavuot. So let's just begin with Melzadeh uh, B'chusa. Reina sins, there was a rabbi, a minister, and a priest, and they're all playing poker. And um, the authorities pop in on them. And turning to the priest, so the lead officer says, Father Murphy, were you gambling? And uh, turning his eyes up to heaven, the priest whispers, Lord, please forgive me for what I'm about to do. And he says, no, officer, I was not gambling. The officer then turns to the minister, and he says, Pastor Johnson, were you gambling? And after an appeal to the heavens, The minister replies, no, officer, I was not gambling. Turning to the rabbi, the officer again asks, rabbi, were you gambling? The rabbi says, with who? Who else is there? Nobody left, right? Sometimes for Kabbalah Satyra, there needs to be nobody left. It has to be just us and the rabbinic slayman. And this is the topic that I would like to focus on, that there's Klael Yisrael, there's a Torah, and there's really nothing else. And I want to preface this with a story that was shared with me about six, seven years ago when I was in Camp Bunim working for Rabbi Michal Berkowitz, Rabbi Berkowitz's older brother, uh, before we opened Camp camp MVP here in St. Louis. So Rabbi Yaakov Bender, who's a Yeshiva in Farakwe of Darkei Torah, he shared with me an incident that took place with him 26 years ago. It seems there was some sort of meeting of gedolim in one of the convention centers in Manhattan. And following the meeting, Ravelya of Zechrinalavrocha asked Rabbi Bender to wait for him downstairs in the lobby. He had an important matter he wanted to talk to him about. So Rabbi Bender goes downstairs, and while he's waiting, he notices a big burly fellow standing at the bottom of the of the escalator with a pad of paper and a pen, and it looks like he's waiting for somebody. Okay, Rabbi Bender standing there, this guy standing there with a pad of paper. Limos start pulling up, and people who Rabbi Bender said, it looked like they thought they were important, started to step out of the limousines. And this guy is standing there and he's watching everybody. He's watching all these uh, hot shots walk out of their limos. So Rabbi Bender picks up that these people are professional ballplayers. So he walks over to this guy with the pad and pen and he says, you must be waiting for autographs. Why aren't you asking these guys for their autograph?" So this fellow tells him he says tonight is the Baseball Writers Association something or other where the MVP award the Cy Young award etc they're all handed out and I'm only interested in the autograph of Roger Clemens I want the Rocket at that time he was famous he wasn't infamous yet I want the Rocket's autograph Okay fine he's waiting for Roger Clemens A few minutes later Nakhalamo pulls up Roger Clemens gets out surrounded by his posse and this guy gets his autograph. Clemens goes inside. There's a whole lineup of people. They're you know, pretending to smile. They're taking pictures. And Rabbi Bender is standing there waiting for Rabbi Yisrael. And he's watching how all these people are interacting, the words that are coming out of their mouths. And it was disgusting. It was vulgar. Just the the low, the lowness of what, what, what they were talking about. So Rabbi Bender gets an idea. He's a mechanich. Raising, uh, raising himself and raising Claudius uh, Yisrael. He's a so He got an idea. He pulls out a paper from his pocket. He walks over to Roger Clemens. And he says, hello, my name is Rabbi Bender. I have a school in New York. Would you please write on this paper to Rabbi Bender, lots of luck to your school, Roger Clemens. So Clemens looks at him. He needs to be nice. There's a lot of people watching. And it's an interesting sight. you got a rabbi asking a ball player for his autograph. And he says, fine. Rabbi Bender takes the paper. He goes back to Darachitairah, and he's talking to the junior high kids. And he tells them he met Roger Clemens. He pulls out the paper, and the kids are going nuts. They're going wild. I mean, he's, this is the rocket. This is, you know, he was the best pitcher in his day. Shabbat so, I mean, Bender tells the boys, he says, it says, Bender, good luck to your school, Roger Clemens. I'm auctioning off this paper starting at 25 cents. It's for all you guys. I'm starting at 25 cents. They start bidding until finally the highest bid for this fifth to eighth grade group was 32 bucks. Shabbat so, I mean, Bender says, going once, some and some Seitemalt, going twice. Before we finalize the deal, I want to call up the highest bidder. So he calls up this kid who bid 32 bucks. The boy comes up, and Rebender tells him, I want to tell you what else I heard while I was watching Roger Clemens. I want to tell you the words that came out of his mouth. I want to discuss this with you. And he begins describing the people who were there, the people he was with, his friends, the way they were talking, and then he started to contrast that interaction with that of this boy's own Rebbe. And he talks about This is how your Rebbe talks, and this is how Roger Clemens talks. This is what your Rebbe respects. This is what Roger Clemens, so on and so forth. Until finally, after giving this contrast, Rabbi Bender says, do you still, before we say some ritmo going three times, do you still want to pay the $32 for the signature? So the boy begins to waver in his confidence. And as soon as Rabbi Bender sees him wavering, he says, oh, you're not sure? I'm so proud of you. And he rips up the paper in front of everybody. Tears it up. What was the chinuch? What was the idea here? The chinuch is for myself and for all of us, if I'm normal. And that is sometimes things are important to us because the world tells us it's important. Very often we don't think for ourselves. We allow stupidity to control our highs, our lows, our moods. We start to lose perspective from what's right or what's wrong, or to just put it bluntly, we allow the foolish noise that's just noise to, to force us to not run our lives properly. I want to share a very interesting Tanah de that my father Zechariah Lebracha, my father would share with us. It's a Tanah Zuta and Perik And Tanah Zuta tells over a story that took place with Elio HaNavi. It says, Elio HaNavi says it about himself, one I was going from place to place, and I came across Adam I came across a simple Jew, He didn't know how to learn Chumash, didn't know how to learn Mishnah, and he would he would laugh at these things. He laughed at people who would be kavei. I eat them, set aside time for Torah learning, and says, my son, Basically, as my father's would say, uh, "You're wasting your life. What are you doing? You're wasting your life. Go do something." Why aren't you learning Torah? Why don't you have any Torah in your life? L'Yomarli, what does this he had respond to Yonav. He says, Rebbe, he says, my Rebbe, my master. yes mishiva. I've got plenty to answer. I'll tell you why. Basically, he says, It was God didn't give me a brain to understand Torah. I look at all you rabbis, look at all you people. You guys are crack open a Hebrew book. I am breaking my teeth. I can barely make it through Shmoneh necessary You want me to sit down and learn Mishnayos afterwards? My teeth hurt. I can't do it. What do you want from me? says, I said to him, what do you do? What's your livelihood? He says, I'm a trapper. I'm a trapper. He says to him, how do you trap? What do you do? So this guy starts answering. He says, I go, I take the strings, I weave the nets, I throw the nets into the sea. You have to know exactly where to put it in, how to put it in, not to, not to uh, scare off the fish, how exactly to trap And He goes so on and so forth. He's listening to this. And he says, uh, Excuse me. He says, if you, if you could understand how to do all these things, the words of Torah, where we learn in Sefer Dvar Velacha, the closest thing to the mind of a Jew are the words of Torah. It's already inside your heart, it's already inside your mouth to do it. He didn't give you the opportunity to, the, the, the ability to understand. It's impossible to have a Jew that can't connect to Torah. It's not possible if you're Jewish. We have an opportunity to connect the Torah. Okay. So he gives him Musr. But then he says something fascinating. Listen to this. The enemy says to him, But I continued saying to him, Don't feel so bad. Don't be afraid. You know why? The whole world's just like you. Everybody gives the same answer. Everybody gives the same excuse. We're not able to. We don't have the time. And therefore, don't feel bad. That's the end zone. Now, what's that? You want to talk about the musr del know? you want to give in? This up the head. All right, it's a fair musr. Yeah, the tiger tells us. Everybody could connect to her, any kid, any adult. We have to connect in different ways. And sometimes we need to learn slower, faster, a different approach. Not everybody could can grasp with the same approach. Absolutely. But what's this last idea? Man, you messed up, but don't feel bad because misery loves company. We're all in the same, you know, it's like it's, like it's fine. My fathers would explain that what Ali was saying to give him the to give him consolation is that granted it 's not an excuse, however, even though there is a ta'ina, there is a claim, and we can 't use this as an excuse, but there certainly is something called hash, the influence of the environment, the people who were around, the world that we live in, the times. The the society the 2020 the year that we're in the Tufshinpei and therefore it does limit the time, it does limit the time because there is certainly a very strong influence that happens on all of us. So how do we minimize this influence? Because this influence is what's is what's separating us from the Kikaru It's separating us from the Shabuists that we're trying to enter that we're trying to enter as we count through Sfirah. So let's think about something. What did Matan Torah look like? So one of the fascinating things that took place at the time that the Torah was given is that HaKadosh Baruch Hu turned down the volume of the entire world for the Torah to be given. There was no noise. The Medrash tells us the wings of the malachim did not flutter. They didn't move. Nothing. Not a bird chirped. It was zero. No, for for Matan Taira, it had to be no noise. Absolute silence. HaKadosh Baruch Hu couldn't raise the volume, put on the music, let's start dancing, Mach yishmak, let's go, let's make it happen. Energy. What we experienced at Matan Taira was, no, there is nothing else Not only distracting us, but even attracting us. Matan was, nothing else exists. The volume went totally down. Because volume disturbs us from Kabbalah Sater. Technology, even keeping up with the virus, hour by hour. What's the latest on the news? What's this channel saying? What's that channel saying? What what, what, What exactly is it doing for me? Does it keep me safer? Is it making me smarter? Are we wasting our time on this? There's so many things that can be thrown our way that we end up wasting our time with. That has nothing to do with MS, That has nothing to do with truth. What does Rabbeinu Yona teach us in Mishlei Parak Yeral, of Pasuk Be'ez, Zok Rabbeinu Yayna, Chachma. What does it mean that people who are modest have wisdom? Re'esh Chachma Azir HaShem. What does it mean, Re'esh the Ve'es Chachma. Very important Pasuk. In order to have Chachma, and Rabbi Elephant from the Mir Shlita, said this over. It hit, me so, it hit me like a punch in the gut. To have Chachma, you need a place. Every person needs a shelf to put their Chachma. We need an inner world. Our world cannot be on Instagram. We need an inner world. A person with no inner world, no privacy, no special place for themselves cannot experience Chachma. It needs to be absorbed. Chachma needs a shelf to be put on, where it's just that. There's no noise. It's just it. We can't live our lives. We can't live our truth outwardly. Sometimes the second something comes in, it goes out, particularly with Rabbanim, particularly with people who need to speak all the time. I hear something, I'm immediately saying, okay, when am I going to share that? Well, well, well is it going to be a sh-? Where We're already like, trying to develop how we're going to use that. The second it goes in, like, boom, let's send it out. And Rabbi Elfin mentioned, when he was talking about this topic, he quoted a letter that the author of Kelm wrote to his son-in-law, of Hirsch. And in the letter, the author shared a vart. And he writes that he waited 22 years to share this vart because he was concerned that if he shared this vart too fast and it didn't percolate in him, it would lose its whole experience on him and its whole effect on him. And he—he he, he was nervous to articulate it too fast. He needed these—he needed this concept, this idea to just sit in his mind, just focus and think about it. No noise, volume down. This is it. He needed a shelf to put this word on. And as soon as he felt he was kind of it, he got it. Then he could share it. Because as soon as we articulate these thoughts, they're out. It's like done when we allow things to percolate and sit like a coffee, take a while, take its time, that can lead us to a true Kabbalah satayra, that Tznuim Chachma means people who are modest in all areas. Tznias, they'll Chachma. If we want to live a life of true Torah, that means we need an inner world. We need an inner world. We have to give ourselves that space to have, not to always be putting stuff out, Every inspiration that comes our way, not necessarily to, to share it immediately, Every, a, a joke. It doesn't need to get sent out right away. Let things settle in. Give the Torah, even give the words of Torah that we're learning. We hear an idea. Give it time. Let it settle. What did I just learn? What did I just hear? To be a tznuah, to be modest, means I have private, personal spaces that belong to me, and they will be shared at the right time. Why is this so important? What's the big loss if I learn, I go along for the ride, I do my best to refrain from Averis? We're good, getting. We're doing the right thing. I put in time every day for Ruchnius. I'm not uh, sound like I'm doing anything wrong. It is amazing. But if we don't develop this Mida, this character trait of the Es Chachma, to give ourselves an inner world, all of Kali Yisrael is going to lose out because of what I'm doing. And here's why. Here's why. And I want to end with this. It's a very important idea. There's a medrash that tells us Rabbi Yanai once brought a pauper into his home and he served him. While they're sitting and eating, Rabbi Yanai asked him questions on chumash. No, you're learning chumash. No. Then he asked him about Mishnah. No. The guy knows nothing. Rabbi Yanai says, okay, lead us in Benchon. Maybe you could lead, uh, you know, Berchaz and You lead us in Berchaz the fellow says, I don't know how to make a blessing. I can't say Berkha Muslim. He says, how do you ever bench? He says, the person benches for me and I repeat. So says, okay, you repeat after people, repeat after me. A dog ate Yanai's food. In other words, Rav Yane was so upset at this person for being ignorant that he felt he had no right to eat his food if he's completely ignorant of Tyre. This guy responds, says the Medrash. This guy looks at Rabbi Anayi and he says, Oh, when I was in Cheder, they taught me, Taira lanu maisha, my rasha The Taira is a heritage for Kehilas I don't remember it saying, my rasha You think you own the Taira? You're you thinks you're a big rabbi. This Yid was telling Rabbi Anayi, I'm as much part of Klai Yisrael as you are. I know nothing, but I'm just as much part of Klai Yisrael as you are. I also have a chalik in Taira. might be a small chalik, but I have a portion in Taira. The Taira belongs to the cloud, which is why a person is not allowed to charge money for teaching Taira. You can't charge somebody to teach them something that they own already. A rabbi is only allowed to charge for his time. You can't say, you want me to share it with our terra? You'll give me 50 bucks. What are you doing? The whole of Klai Yisrael owns the Taira. It's already his. You can't teach, you can't, you can't make somebody pay to teach them words of Tyra. Tyra belongs to the cloud, and each individual receives his portion in Tyra because we're all together, each one of us, with our own inner world, with our own shelf, our own place that we need to bring to the table as opposed to this herd mentality where everything, oh, let's just go make boom, share the same information. We're not, let's play our own role, let's give my chaylek in toad. With Meishe Feinstein, my father would quote Maisha to say uh, something which if Maisha wouldn't have said, I never would have thought of it. We say to Hillel from Davra Amalech, "I'll tip the chul benedivim, Adam shayim I'll tip the Don't have bitachin in the nadivim, in the givers. There've been a Adam that don't have salvation. It says of Meishe, it's referring to it's referring to the, the greatest givers, the Klai Yisrael, the Gedayim who give their time and their Torah. So what does it mean? Don't have bitachin in the Gedayim. Says of Meishe." Don't have bitachin and say, I don't need to learn, So if I ever have a question, I'll go ask somebody. We've got to play our own role, learn it ourselves, because Shem is Yeshua, nobody lives forever. Until the time of Yomais Mashiach and Tchiyas HaMisim, people are not going to be around forever. So we can't just rely on everybody else for our own spirituality. We've got to make our own spirituality. According to Derech according to the Torah and the Mesorah, absolutely. But we've got to play our own role. We've got to have our own shelf. We've got to have our own inner world. And this is also why the Medrashen Kisabe tells us that if one year it would have been missing at Matan Taira, the Shina would not have been revealed because the Taira is lacking. If Menachem Temlar and each of us don't create this inner shelf, a place to put our Taira, let it sit, make it unique, and then go out and share it with others, the Kabbalah, the Taira for Allah, Klai Yisrael, this coming Shavuos won't be complete. Klai Yisrael needs us to turn down the volume of the world. Klai needs us to do this. And as we approach Shavuos, perhaps this is one move we can make. Once, one, one move, some, for us, some of us it'll be small, for some of us it'll be bigger. But to make a move, to turn down other noise, allow truth, allow the MS to sink into us so that we can have our own personal Kabbalah Satira and that the entire Kehillah's Yaakov can have a Kabbalah Satira as well. Yes, Thank you very much, Rabbi Tellner. Thank you, Rabbi Winter again. and Blue, thank you again for joining us from all the way out east. Um, have a wonderful rest of your week, and we look forward to our next opportunity to learn together.